Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Now Mind You podcast, this being episode 46 Combat. Of course, today is Sunday, November 20th, 2022. I'm TJ. I'm Matt. And of course, spoilers ahead. But today, what do we got for you, Combat Side? We're going to be talking about UFC Fight Night and Zachuku versus Kutalaba. Formerly, Lewis versus Spivak. But uh, shit happens. And there was a fight day cancellation. Uh, Lewis caught ill, non-COVID related, but as a result, um, things had to be shifted around. Zachuku versus Kutalaba was elevated to main event. And I believe Charles Johnson versus Zalga uh, Jumalagov was uh, elevated to the main card. Uh, but yeah, anything else we want to get off our chest before we dive into this uh, to this main event last night, bro? Niggas was violent last night. They was real violent. I ain't gonna lie to you. These this last little string of shows that we've gotten, I would say going back, really to to Rodriguez versus uh, Lemos, mm-hmm. damn near. It's been like, like I mean, Cater and Allen delivered for sure, but like for as long as it could, yeah. But like that Rodriguez versus Lemos, that card. It was like it was all stoppages. Mm-hmm. UFC 20, uh, 281, all stoppages. And then last night, with the exception of two, two fights on the main card, it was all stoppages. And to be real, especially in that co main event, man, I, I'm surprised it got to the end. Listen, but we gonna we're going to get to We're going to talk about it. We <laughs> but we're going to get to that. It's like it, it was one of those situations where I really wish it was a stoppage so people wouldn't have. I've talked about this before. I don't like seeing fighters take that much damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like you said, we're going to get to that. Uh, shit, let's kick it off. Um, you want me to do Charles Johnson versus Shumagulov? What's up to you? I, I don't have it. I can do whichever ones you want me to do. Uh, yeah, I think you don't want to do main event. Yeah, you do Charles Johnson uh, versus Jumagalov, and I'll 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 do the I'll do the next one. Got you. So we got Charles Johnson versus Zlagas uh, Jumagalov. Did I say it right? Jumagalov. Jumagalov. Yeah. Sorry. Um, we got Charles Johnson with uh, what I thought was a pretty dope nickname, Energy. The uh, way it's spelled, right? Yeah, Energy, not Energy. I N N E R. Interior inside you, the inner right. gangster energy. That's right. Uh, I thought that was hard. I like yeah. that. And um, yeah, man, he was making coming out making his second UFC appearance. Mm. Um, also, his second appearance of the year, having fought in July. I want to yeah. say that was his yeah. debut. Yeah, he lost a lost a pretty close decision, um, and this night he was given uh, Zlagas Shumagulov and Zlagas Shumagulov, and this was um, another one of the another one of the Kazakhstan guys that's been brought over. Um, I'm not saying that offensively or anything. We've just seen a huge wave of uh, mm-hmm. Kazakhstan fighters in MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, this fight. I personally suspected this fight was uh, his job being on the line. I actually really yeah. felt like this was both of their jobs on the line, considering, like, you know, he had lost his debut, and then, you know, and then Charles Johnson, I'm referring to, had lost his debut, and then, you know, Zlagos was coming off of a two-fight skid, and to be honest with you, um, of his last five fights coming into this fight, he had only won one mm-hmm. since uh, entering the UFC. Decision losses... 
uh, with the exception of one, but one, still, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a tough one. It's a real yeah. case. Kind of tough because guys get put out of the, the promotion for less. But at any rate, we got uh, Zlagas Jumagalov, 34 years old, as I said, from Kazakhstan, coming in five foot four. Um, these guys were fighting at flyweight, which to me, they looked big to be flyweights. Personally, yeah. they looked like they both was like 45ers at least. I didn't, they didn't look like 25ers to me. Yeah. Again, just my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, Zlagas is 34 years old, made his debut in the UFC two years ago, 2020. Uh, previously comes from fighting in uh, Russian and Kazakhstan promotions, uh, just various promotions over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly Fight Nights Global. Was their flyweight champ. Yeah, he was their flyweight champion before he uh, made the jump over to the UFC. And then on the other end, we have Charles Johnson, 31 years old, uh, five foot nine. So he had a pretty significant height advantage um, over Zhmagalov, uh, who was, you know, five foot four. Uh, this guy was coming into this fight 12 and three. Uh, well, 11 and three. And uh, I guess I spoiled that, right? Uh, he's coming mm-hmm. into this fight tw- uh, 11 and three. And Jamagalov was coming in 14 and seven. Um, this fight was cursed. I'm yeah. just going to call it that from jump. This fight was cursed. Jeez, um, it was like, I don't even know how many fouls it was over the course of the three rounds. It was um, getting to be ridiculous. Every round had a foul, though. Yeah, at least all, all, every round, like, yeah, just like TJ just said, every single round had at least one foul in it. And it was just like, yo, come on. You know what I'm saying? At least mm-hmm. for me, that was personally how I felt. I was like, come on, man. Like, let's get it together. Because, you know, I just, uh, it's, it stops a lot of the action of the fight. And it's, it's not entertaining. And I'm going to be honest with you. I felt like I won't necessarily go as far as saying either side was doing it intentionally. But there was times that I definitely felt like, uh, there were times I definitely felt like some of these fouls were done in retaliation to the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, very early on, Jumagalov was taking the advantage. I mean, he was putting them hands on on Charles, and then there was an eye poke, and then after that, there was a low blow. And I mean, it, the, it was a low blow, but it made a lot of noise. <laughs> if you get where I'm coming from, he right. really, really, um, really caught Jamagalev. And I'm talking about Charles Jordan uh, Johnson. He caught uh, Jamagalev with a crazy low blow, like that made it. You know, it sounded like he was kicking a pad, and uh, it put it put him down for a significant amount of time. He took like a minute and a half. Talking about like the homie is just like stomping the floor just to get his nuts back in place. Oh my God! That which th- round I said, three? I right? mean, am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So that was you know our, the fouls we had in the first round, but I personally felt like the first round I thought Zhmagalov won easily. Yeah, I thought that he he pretty much dominated that round almost completely. You know, despite the fouls, it, it seemed like the fouls almost kind of motivated him. Um. Because he really was stepping on the gas. He was throwing a lot of really good boxing combinations. And it just seemed like he was able to cut that distance 
on Charles uh, Johnson pretty well and was able to stop him from getting his jab going, which is essentially all Charles Johnson really, really needed was to get a jab in this man's face because he was showing him no respect. He was able to take him down, get a little ground and pound going. And honestly, if this was uh, a one round, you know, the story of one round, you really would have thought that, you know what I'm saying, Charles Johnson mm -hmm. got took out. Mm -hmm. We go to round two, more the same. We get another foul. Uh, again, sucks. Sucks to see. Sucks to have happen during like, the fight. Yeah. Um, and again, like I felt like at some point somebody should have got a point removed, whether point taken, whether it was intentional or not, just because it's like this is getting excessive. And uh, you know, like like some I've heard Herb Dean say before, you're responsible for your weapons, period. I understand accidents and shit happen, but like how many times is it an accident? You feel right. what I'm saying? Right. Uh, again, I'm not accusing anybody of foul play. It's just, it it was, it to was me, that pretty was ridiculous. more of the story of the fight. Yeah. That was more of the story of the fight was the fouls um, that took place. So it was, you know, more low blows, no more eye pokes though, which I was surprised by, but you know, the low blows kept happening. It wasn't the last low blow we were going to see of the night. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Ultimately, at the end, we started seeing Charles. Charles really kind of took over the back end of this fight. Really, everything from round two to three really was him. Uh, he finally was starting to get his jab going, and he was actually able to press uh, Zhmogolov back. Zhmogolov was able to get another takedown, of course. Uh, takedown off, of course. Uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is, but he wasn't able to really get a lot going. Um, yeah, he just wasn't able to get a lot going for himself after Charles started getting that jab going. And then another low blow in the last round uh, where Charles, which kind of had Charles get real animated. Uh, he was just stumping the ground and was doing like high knees and stuff. And that, Cause that his shit, leg was asleep. Yeah, <laughs> like that's true. <laughs> like and, it shut his leg down. She might hit, hit him with that one leg kick. And he like stumbled back. Like, and we were like, that's oh, true. Shit. That's true. He did stumble with that leg kick. I mean, shit, he was literally chasing Jamagalev. Uh, at a certain point of the third round. And then he was starting to land like kind of combinations almost at will. Mm. And um, uh, ultimately the fight ended. We got a split decision for Charles Johnson. I totally understood how uh, the decision could have gone Jamagalov's way, Jamagalev's yeah. way, just because of the work he did in the first two rounds and those takedowns and stuff. Because regardless of not being able to like get a lot of work done, he was still able to hold him for a decent enough, I felt, uh, amount of time and work. I actually was surprised. I, I thought especially just given the fouls and stuff, because a lot of the fouls more or less were on Charles Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, I just was thought- like three seconds into the third round. Mm-hmm. It was and right at the beginning. Like, no fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, just given that I really was of the belief that uh, Zhumagalov was going to walk off with, uh, with a close decision, but, you know, that wasn't how it played out, unfortunately. And, uh, right. you know, that was how, how the cookie crumbles. So Charles Johnson moves on to 12 and 3. Zhulaga uh, Zhumagalov moves on to 14 and 8. So we look forward to seeing what we get from either guy in the future because uh, we don't know. So right. we'll see what happens. Uh, TJ, you want to take us into our next one? Yeah. Uh, next one we had Della Madalena. You know if you got time. Roberts. Uh, <laughs> this was a welterweight matchup, right? We have Jack Della Madalena, 26 years old, Australian fighter, 
fighting out of mm -hmm. Perth, Australia, to be uh, more precise. He's an MMA stylist. He's been pro since 2016 and came off of Dana White's Contender Series Season 3. Mm -hmm. He made his UFC Octagon debut this year, January 22nd, to be exact. Uh, his last two fights in the UFC, this is actually his third appearance as of this recording. That was his third appearance, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Fought against Rodriguez back in January. Got that dub by knockout. Fought against Ameev, which we talked about on the podcast in June. Got that dub by knockout. Do you see a pattern? Mm -hmm. uh, then on the other side, we have Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts, 35 years old. Fighting out of the UK, he's more of a striker in terms of his uh, style. Mm -hmm. Was pro since 2010 and has had five pro fights as a boxer. Uh, made his UFC Octagon debut back in December of 2015. His last three, Imadaev, uh, this was back in November 2019, got that knockout dub. Emiv, this was back in October of last year, got that dub by split decision. And Trinaldo, that's Francisco Trinaldo, right? Got that mm -hmm. L by unanimous decision by, you know, Francisco, the Brazilian redwood tree, Trinaldo, right? <laughs> um, I For real. Man, Francisco Trinaldo and Glover Teixeira, these niggas. Anyway. Share the secrets. Man, real. Listen. Tell us. Listen. Uh, already with the octagon control, like, Madel Della Madalena doesn't. He looks like he's a, a nice dude to talk to, low-key. You know what I, but I mean? He doesn't yeah, give no, off 100%, that, like, yeah. like, when he's doing like his octagon interviews, he looks like just like a humble dude, and then you see him in the ring, it's like, aggression. Uh, oh, you have murder on your mind. Gotcha. His, dude, his southpaw jab sent Roberts careening across the octagon. Like, it's something serious. Like, he hits hard. <laughs> like, I don't know how to and with speed, too. Like, I also like how Paul Felder just dubbed him with a nickname JDM because it sounds cool. It also makes me think about, like, Japanese cars. But JDM mm -hmm. rolls off the tongue. Like, they should just call him, like, Jack De La Madalena JDM, you know? Um, but he, like, right off the, the, the start of the round, you see that he's trying to end it immediately because he wastes no time putting his hands together. Mm -hmm. um, he throws a big right hand, which drops Roberts to the canvas. Like, this is within the first minute of the round. Where, okay, I thought it was about to be over. And you even see the ref, he's like, yo, this could be it. Let me just show Buchak. I'm not out here trying to witness a murder. I'll step in if I need to. But what ends up happening is Roberts kind of survives from the half guard position. And De La Madalena just kind of puts the pressure on him. Like kind of, you know, the typical things that happens in a half guard MMA situation. One fighter's trying to get some strikes going. The other fighter's just trying to like tangle up the hands, use the position to at least survive. Now, Roberts is able to get it back up to the feet, but he looks crazy gassed out. And this was like their first grappling exchange, to be fair, after also receiving an overhand that came out of hell to his face, right? Now, Roberts throws a high kick where he almost slips out and it looks like JDM was like, All right, I'm gonna let you get that. But And I, I honestly started to feel like JDM was slowing down a little bit because he threw a hell of a flurry getting to that first down, right? Now, mm -hmm. This is where I'm just like, goddamn, bro. He made that liver quiver, mm -hmm. but didn't stop at the liver quiver. Like, the reason why I say he made that liver quiver, it's like he threw a hit to the body. Then he threw like an uppercut to the head. Then he threw like a cross and he threw another shot to the body. And the reason why I said he made that liver quiver, it's was like, when Roberts dropped, it wasn't because of the head strikes. If you notice, 
He was clutching at his torso. Mm -hmm. This man was in pain, pain. Like, to the point where, I don't know if y'all noticed this, but after the ref pulled De La Madalena away, Roberts was still not back up on his feet. Like, this man was hurting, hurting. Um, it looked like the uppercut De La Madalena threw was, like, the beginning of the end. But, like, so I put in my nose. Shit, dude. Uh, another yeah, knockout win. win for De La Madalena. Didn't go past the first round. God damn. Yeah, shit to do. I feel like him and Duho Choi, uh, the Korean Superboy, like their trainers don't hold up mitts. They hold up two matchsticks. And they're like, all right, you hitting these. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn, like, okay. The the level of accuracy these niggas have is just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Uh but yeah, and that was four that ounce gloves too. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's like, all right, you're gonna hit these and you better light them with your fist. It's like, what? But yeah, you, know, you heard me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I want you to light him, then I want you to extinguish him and then light him again. But the match this would be used. You heard me, nigga. You heard me. Um, but yeah, man, that, that shit was crazy. You had any thoughts on that fight, bro? Hell no, that shit was crazy. I, I was glad it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. That's the that's the thought I got. I oh gosh, man. The, yeah, just he just man, when he once he started, once he realized he heard Danny Roberts, he did not let that man off the hook at no. all. No, he did not. It was just, it was all gas, no brakes. He was double parked. Yeah. yeah uh, he took it there for real. Oh, bro. You want to take us into what you got next? That's oh, a, boy. That we was uh, Andre Fialio versus the king of kung fu, Muslim Salikov. We have a so, problem versus a problem. We got two problems fighting each other. Problems that we've also seen active this year. Yep. Um, last time we saw Muslim Salikov was against my boy Lee Ji Liang. The leech. Uh, back in July, he took a second round TKO. Um, that after, was crazy, too. Yeah, it was a crazy fight, too, for the time it lasted. Uh, Muslim Salikov is 38 years old from Dagestan, uh, five foot 11, fights at welterweight. And he was going up against Andre Fialio, who was Portuguese, six feet tall, also fights at welterweight. Surprise, surprise. Um, mm -hmm. Trains out of Sanford. Here's a fun fact about Andre Fialio. Andre Fialio debuted in the UFC in January of this, this year, year 2022. 2022. This is his fifth fight this year. Nigga is active. In the promotion. He fought January, April, May, June, and now November. I don't know who he knows in the UFC. Don't know if he, you know, has got, got the matchmaker's number on speed dial, if he's somebody godson or something. Yeah, <laughs> my man Sorry. is active. I bet you if he had it his way, his ass would still try to fight next month. Listen. Realistically. I was just talking to Matt about this before we started recording, but it's like, you got fighters like Mike Davis who are struggling to get fights, and Fialio is like, yeah, no, I, I uh, the octagon is like my second home, basically. Man, for real. Um, also, Andre Fialio is is not new to this sport, man. Uh, he's no, he been in the not. game since 2014. He actually used to fight in Bellator, mm. um, believe it or not. Um, he's crossed paths with James Vick before. You know, he's fought Chris Curtis. He's fought, you know, fought a pretty good amount of guys. Very well established. Um, yeah, they, I would say a very well established guy. And I mean, let's also not be 
surprised at how often he likes to fight. You know, there was uh, there was a time he fought three fights in one night. Back in, what year was this? 2014, all three were stoppages. TKO in the second round, first round, and the first round. Three fights on one night in Portugal. So MMA, by the way, not kickboxing, which still is crazy. But Right. Um, but yeah, he actually has even fought uh, Chidi, no, how do I say his name? No, Jokwani? And Jokwani. And Jokwani. They actually had come across each other in Bellator previous to uh, them both being in the UFC as well. Mm. So, you know, just a little background, but you got Andre Fialio. Um, man, I, I'm trying to really think where I want to start. I'll just say this. Muslim Salikov established himself in round one, and there was never a time that he was not winning this fight, in my opinion. There was very few moments. I thought he was very patient, but, man, when he was starting to get his combinations together... It was deadly. It was deadly, man. He was uh, he was hitting this man pretty much at will. Uh, and I'm saying Muslim was putting his hands on Andre Fialio pretty much at will. And Andre Fialio is nothing to, nothing no to shake your nose at. He's yeah. no slouch. Definitely has very good hands. Um, he has good skill overall, but he favors more boxing because of his base being, you know, boxing. That was... Yep how he started. He was an amateur uh, champion of his country of Portugal. You know, that's pretty much how he got started. Yeah. And you know, even his own father is a, a boxer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So his hands looked good, but Muslim Salikov is not just hands. Uh, just light background on him, even though we've talked about him before. He has very deep uh, kickboxing and Sanda background. The only um, non-Chinese fighter to win the Wushu Sanda King's Cup. That's why they call him the King of Kung Fu. Yeah, that's, I mean, and like, a very legit, very legitimate thing to put on your resume. When he fought uh, Li Jiliang, like, Jiliang was even saying, it's like, I have a ton of respect. He's well known in China. Like, yeah. anyway. Yeah, so Salikov was getting busy, letting his combinations go. And then in round three, he, uh, he fed Andre Fialio a roundhouse kick to the head where, I mean, the heel went completely in the temple. And, uh, oh, spinning uh, spinning hook kick or a spinning wheel kick? Spinning wheel kick, I'm sorry. Gave him a spinning wheel kick and uh, he fed that to him. And Andre Fialio caught the itis, man. He he Wasn't reacted. Yeah, I felt like he reacted well in terms of, like, not going straight down. He just put his hands up, slowly started stepping back. His legs were completely gone. Mm -hmm. uh, Muslim went in for the finish. I think Muslim was even surprised to see when he turned around that that guy was still standing up. Because <laughs> yeah. he got full rotation on that kick, and it was just like, like hit it perfectly. And like, Muslim normally chops trees down uh, with this back in his home in Dagestan, and he was like, huh, that's crazy. It's yeah, tougher like, than a redwood. Yeah, I mean, like, he Sorry. hit this man. No, it's funny, you know, but it's legit. Like, you kind of see that second of recognition in Muslim after he landed that kick, like, huh? It's a okay. tough dude. Yeah. Yeah, like he hit him with that kick and was like, huh, he's still standing. That's crazy. <laughs> and when he went to get go for the finish, <laughs> yeah, he lands like three punches and the referee steps in. Uh Andre Fialio, who was still on his feet, definitely was trying to make the argument. And I could see 
from the optic, depending on if you don't know what happened, I definitely can see why one would be like, oh, you should have still let him fight. Like, no, you don't let anybody no, fight after catching a wheel kick to the head. Yeah, at full speed, like, no, you don't You don't let full the, speed, the ref make the, the right call and save that man this from himself. Life. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. Save him from himself. And I, I totally understand, like, not wanting to get two KO and TKO finishes back-to-back like that. I get it, like, right. 100%. But, you know, like, you got to try to live to fight another day. Like, yeah. you fight, bro out here trying to fight like he got a loan shark on him or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> five fights. You no, know, I'm just saying, like, that's some cowboy shit. Like, five fights in a year, bro, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, it's, it's fucking crazy, but... You know, good on Muslim for pulling off another victory and, you know, kind of for bouncing back off of that loss. Yeah. Um, You know, and again, that was only his second loss in the UFC mm-hmm. anyway. So um, I think we'll see both guys going forward. Definitely interested in seeing what we'll get going forward from both guys. Um, I don't believe we're going to see Andre Fialio again this year, yeah, but I'm sure time. we will They're see this guy. Put him on mandatory bed rest. Yeah, they, they have to. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see this guy again. You know, prior to his um, prior to his loss to to Jake Matthews, he had two performance of the night victories back to back. Yeah. So you know, sometimes guys just hit a skid, and I mean, look, he ran into Jake Matthews, who's been with the promotion since he was like six. Hey, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> since he was like six. Shit, he's 28 now. He got in the UFC in like 2014. Like, come on, man. He fought fucking Magna Rocha. Like, Magna Rocha. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he came came from, he's been in the UFC back when they still was letting motherfuckers have sponsors. That's what I'm saying. Right. So. He was like six, though. Uh, I'm just saying. (laughs) It was a good fight. Uh, We look forward to seeing what happens with both guys going forward. That's pretty much all I got. Did you have anything you want to add, TJ? No, bro, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I'm just glad the ref was like, I'm not trying to see a murder. And then on the other side, (laughs) right, let's go into Sherman versus Cortez Acosta. Uh, Mm. This was a heavyweight bout. Let that sink in. Think about Mm. how hard those hits land, y'all. Big boys. Uh, We have Chase the Vanilla Gorilla Sherman. I'm on the fence about that nickname. Uh, 32 years old. Just like it, bro. Accept it. Fighting out of the USA. Uh, He's an MMA stylist. Uh, Fun fact, I'm pushing past it. Fun fact, he's been pro since 2014. And he's had a lot of fights rescheduled. I feel like, because he was originally supposed to fight Parisian like two cards ago, right? Parisian got sick, a heart issue. And I think their fight was normally pushed back to yesterday, right? Like that's where they're supposed to meet up again. I guess Parisian just couldn't, uh, was just not in shape to be ready for this fight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, it's what it is. Now, he's got a strong-ass football background and actually started MMA so he could easily stay competitive post his football career, right? Made mm-hmm. his UFC Octagon debut back in August of 2016. His last three, he won one out of his last three, right? Uh, against Collier back in January 2022, which I believe we covered on the podcast. Like, this was uh, Jake, the prototype Collier. Mm-hmm. Uh he took that L by submission against Romanov in April, took that L by submission. I think this was a prelim event because I don't remember covering that uh, on the podcast. And then Vandera back in July, which we covered on the podcast, because both of these dudes were fighting for their job, took that dub by uh, KO, right? Then mm-hmm. on the other side, his opponent, we got Waldo, Ovaldo, Salsa Boy, Cortez Acosta. 
31 years old, Dominican Republic, but does he claim black? That's what we want to know, folks. We want to know, bro. Uh, he is a striking stylist. Pro since 2018. Came off a Dana White's Contender Series Season 6, like, hella recently. Um, mm-hmm. Was basically, like, minor leagues for baseball, for, like, the Cincinnati Reds or something like that, right? Uh, crazy. The way that, like, you know this dude plays baseball. Just, if you don't believe it, just watch how he throws his overhands. He's basically throwing a pitch, like, and... They say he could throw fastballs like in excess of 100 miles an hour. I believe it, and I want no part of it. I just want to. I just want to say very quick. I believe it, quick. and I want no parts. Go ahead. Uh, no, 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 it's all good. Um, the he's like the living proof of something that I've always theorized that like if a guy that can throw a fastball learns how to throw an overhand, I bet that shit would be crazy. Like I, I did always wanted to see that. So it was like I, all jokes aside, it was dead ass a dream come true to see this man fight last night. So I was like, yo, like it was, it was exactly what I thought. Uh, oh man, I just always theorize a motherfucker with a with a nice fastball probably got a, a nice got yeah. a nice overhand if they learn it. Um, but. Excuse me. He made his UFC Octagon debut back in October 22 against Jared Mandera, where he won that fight by unanimous decision. Uh, but if you ask me, it's very similar to this fight in that I think the referee could have called it. Um, now, I will say this. Chase Sherman probably studied the shit out of that Jared Mandera fight because what did he do? He started throwing leg kicks immediately. Leg kicks and then throwing hands over the top. Leg kicks on hands over the top. He was actually finding a lot of success with that. Um, and Acosta, as much as he bragged about, you know, yeah, I worked hard on checking leg kicks since the Bandera fight. We rarely saw it. I mean, it's uh, not, I mean, that's like less than a month really between bouts, right? So it's like, how fair. much could you really progress to be able to pull it off in the live life, right? Is, not saying, not saying that, not saying that he didn't pull it off in practice because I wasn't at his practice. I'm just saying, like, is that enough time? to really be able to pull it off in the real deal scenario, right? Outside of the safety of your home gym, let's put it random, that way. Random thing I think about with shit like that, too, I, I just thought about this again, was Faraz Sahabi says it takes three to six months to, uh, to learn a new skill right. in combat. Like, even if you're training it, you won't even be able to mentally fully apply it for three to six months. Right. I always think about that, especially when it comes to MMA, just because of how many moving parts it is. But sorry, right. I didn't mean to right. interrupt. I just no, thought you're that good. was a good I'll thing remember it for next time. Yeah. Wait, we're good. I'll remember yeah. it, though, but we're good. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll remember it, though. It's in my notes. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Uh, just on the list. <laughs> imagine if I was that petty. <laughs> but, but uh, bro, the one thing about Acosta, it's like, he's one of those dudes who's a big dude, but it's like, you look at his tummy, it's like, Nigga, are those abs? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, he's he's the selling bit. You look at his chaps and his shoulders, it's like, yo, this guy's a big guy, but like, that's muscle. Um, And he's deceptively fast. Yo, real talk, he could be a problem in this division. I don't think he could handle Nganu or an Aspinall. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like given time, like, he could be a problem. Uh, cause his hands are fucking fast and I was super mm-hmm. curious for like how Sherman was going to deal with that overhand. I think in the first round he dealt with it pretty well, but like, 
bro, how many times did he get rocked, bro? How many times? Yeah. Like, uh, Sherman was able to get that takedown in uh, the first round, and that was, like, the peak, really, of his strategy because then round two, round three, it was just, like, the Salsa Boy show, right? Yeah. Like, he was hitting him at will, hitting him with those quick-ass one-twos, getting that overhand. Jesus Christ, the overhand. Like, he beat Chase Sherman up. I'm sorry. Like, he beat him up. Yeah, no, I, I give I give I give kudos to Chase Sherman because again, he, this is another situation where it's like, all right, he's showing like that everlasting chin, but it's like there were a couple moments in this fight where I'm like, ref, you should have stopped this. There is no reason why anyone should be taking this level of damage, especially remember what I said at the top. This is heavyweight. Think about it. The heavyweight limit is what? 265? Two sixty five. Mm-hmm. So that is, and if you take rehydration into consideration, I don't know, 275, 280, maybe even more than that, right? These men are getting hit with that plus whatever force like speed, acceleration, and gravity is being dropped into these strikes. Like, I, I'm sorry to say it, but it's like, yes, Chase Sherman has a good chin, but I don't think it should have gone the three rounds. I feel like it should have been stopped in round two, man, because I was just like, fuck, bro. You know his brain got scrambled a little bit. Was it? And like the ref, like, I'll be real. It looked like he was a little scared to jump in at certain points. Like, it's like he was there like, oh, is this it? I'm like, dude, stop the fucking fight. And he's just like, ah, you know, Sherman's got a little fight left in him. But I'm like, what about the future? Hey, Davey, it it was like, well, he a heavyweight. Like, bruh. But I'm like, right. Uh, Okay. Uh, So we're just going to let him take all this damage to his brain? Because it's not like it was like, evenly distributed like if you look at the the breakdown of strikes for sherman toward uh cortez acosta mm-hmm. sherman was going leg head body all of costa's significant strikes uh, i should say uh cortez acosta's significant strikes were mm-hmm. going to sherman's head and they were saying like he threw about like 90 or so i forget what the clip was but like Chase was taking that shit to his brain, bro. So I'm like, yeah. So it's like, uh, anyway, uh, spoiler alert, you know, Cortez Acosta won this by uh, unanimous decision. But this is another instance where it truly reminds you that unanimous decision means like everyone saw you got beat up and one fighter looks like they weren't in a fight. Uh, Especially after that one. I'm like round two. Chase Sherman looked like he had been in a five-round fight. Yeah. Like, even the shots he was blocking was bruising his face. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I did not like seeing him take that much damage. And plus, it's like, you got to also take the other optics, too, where it's like, oh, this is kind of like what they did to Vandera, common opponent that they have, right? But uh, Salsa Boy's second UFC appearance, and this is like Chase's, how how many appearances has he had, right? So it's like, did he get fed? Did he get fed to the to the up and comer? I don't know, but I'm worried, man. He's like he's won one out of his like last like five or some shit like that. So I could be wrong. That, I could be wrong. That, I could be wrong. No, but you're not like, wrong. Not, you're not wrong at all. He won I'm, one I'm out of his concerned. last six, brother. I'm a little concerned. That's all I'm saying. We know the patterns. We've seen people come back depending on like how entertaining their fights have been, or like you know has it all been finishes? Has it all been just decisions? So on and so forth. It's just like. <sighs> Look, man, in his, fight game, seven, right? in his seven appearances in the UFC, 
He's only won twice. Previous to that, after he left the UFC, he pretty much did the same thing. Shit. He had yeah. seven fights last time, and he won two of them. Literally. Yeah. Like, and that was back in 2017, 2018. Yeah. Writing could be on the wall, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I think the writing is on the wall. This was the exact situation he was in before. Right. It, the, the record almost looks the exact same, with the exception being this time he won his first fight back in the promotion, and then he lost four. And then he beat Jared Vandera, and then he lost this one. Yeah. <sighs> it's what it is. It's tough, man. Um, but that being said, congratulations, Salsa Boy. That was a great performance. Um, yeah, man. Fire nickname, too. Yeah, it is pretty sick. Especially when he starts dancing in the middle of the fight. It's like, ah, come on, player. Mm -hmm. You ain't doing shit to me. Take this overhand fastball. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, you want to take us into the main event, bro? Anyway, I'm gonna let you handle it, but man, so well, hell, I, I do need your help. Help me pronounce this this last name. We had and, Kennedy and Zachuku, in Zachuku, Chuku versus Chuku. Oh, Ku, Ku, yeah, Kuku. got you with the W. Mm -hmm. Kennedy in Zachuku, Chuku. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, in Zachuku versus Ian Kutalaba, the Hulk, the Hulk. Versus Man. the African Savage. We'll talk about that nickname uh, that he Kennedy has. As a, I know, bro. That's he what hurts. It. That's what hurts, but he I'm going to let you go on. What upsets you more, the African Savage or Vanilla Gorilla? Ooh, that's a good question. The African Savage just hits me wrong, bro. <laughs> like, Does it hit you worse than Black Beast? Oh, I don't like this discussion, Matt. Like, <laughs> I don't like this discussion, bro. This Take me to some place I don't want to go. Uh, keep oh, it moving, bro. Keep it moving. Quick side note. Quick side note. The very first time I ever saw Derek Lewis fight, I saw him fight Roy Nelson. And seeing the Big headline country. be Black Beast versus Big Country was insane. Fucked up. <laughs> I was just like, yo, is this street beef or what? <laughs> Man. Oof. Anyway, uh, we got Kennedy and Jujuku. Uh, a Nigerian descent, six foot five, two oh five. He's lying. Uh, <laughs> he's lying. <laughs> he's lying. I I don't believe that that was a two hundred five pound man. I don't believe either of them was two oh five. I thought they was both heavyweights. Well, I mean, obviously, John Jones was fighting in that division, bro, and they're the John same Jones height. Looked two oh five though. He looked like he was tall and skinny. I mean, <laughs> uh, look at Insuchuku's legs. They didn't look particularly like. Like muscular, muscular. It looked like it was mostly upper body, and his legs were like long, but like kind of not as skinny as John. Trying to defend him because he's a tall African like yourself, and I don't, <laughs> I don't agree with this. Matt, you need to let this narrative go, bro. You, <laughs> like, right, whatever. You'll whatever. be mad if his Juku was cutting down to seventy, though. You'd Fuck be pissed. You. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So we had Kennedy and the Juku, um, six foot five, thirty years old. Uh, coming in the light heavyweight, he's had a handful of fights at heavyweight, but I think light heavyweight is more so his home. Mm. Um, he made his UFC debut back in 2019 after coming off of the contender series with a, a head kick TKO over uh, Dennis Bryant. On the other side, we get Ian Kutalaba. Hold on, uh, hold on. We also oh. got to highlight too, like uh, Nzachuku's like motives for working so hard. 
This man in his, is his mother's primary caregiver, and he's working this hard to be able to pay her bills. I know it's like a tug on the heartstrings, but it's like you got to respect it too. Uh, oh, like his mom has ALS, and it's like, like once yeah, I saw that he African, it's like I, I got to root for him now. Like I got mm-hmm. to, you know. You don't have a choice. We you said don't none of us have a choice. Be real, right? Um. So yeah. So we got on the other side. We got Ian Kutalaba. He has been in the UFC since 2016. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you one thing, he's up and down as far as performances, mm-hmm. but he's always entertaining. Yeah. I will say that he's always entertaining. He's always, Dick clearly is never saying no to any fight. Yeah. Very clearly is not saying no to anything. This is his um, third appearance this year. Yeah. This was his third one this year. Uh, after fighting both, fighting both Ryan Spann and Johnny Walker. Jesus. Uh, back to back. You know, May, September, and then now November, Kennedy and Zichuku. Um, Man, there's not a lot to say about this fight other than I felt like uh, Eon was completely outmatched, like, in every facet of this fight. With the exception of the, the one takedown that he did get. Yeah, that grappling exchange, he dominated it a little bit. Yeah, he did dominate that. I'm not going to play him. I'm yeah. definitely not going to play him. Uh, but... Kennedy Nzajuku was going crazy on this man. Like, this fight only goes two rounds, and the takedown that he got, well, he got two takedowns off, technically. Right. Uh, the takedown that Ian Kutalaba got off in that, you know, in the in the first round with the two mm-hmm. takedowns, rather, I thought were very helpful for him. I still thought overall he had lost the round just because I felt like Kennedy was landing more, not not by their definition, significant shots, mm-hmm. but I felt it's significant within the context of the fight. Mm-hmm. I felt those shots were more significant than he landed. Um, man, I mean, he... We also got a preview in the first round of what was going to be our second round finish. Yeah. Um, there was a jumping knee that he went to throw. In fact, no, he didn't jump on the first one. He just threw the knee trying to stop Ian Kutalaba from grabbing him, shooting at, what did he shoot, a single? Mm-hmm. Uh, tried to stop him from shooting a single, and that first time that knee hits him in the chest, doesn't dissuade Kutalaba, uh, and eventually he's able to grapple him down to the ground. Mm-hmm. However, round two comes, and after kind of stunning Kutalaba a little bit with a jab, and I say stunned, like kind of with air quotes, I'd say it stunned as much as like, getting punched in your nose is going to stun you. Like, oh, hold on. Right. He immediately, in the middle of uh, a uh, counterattack attempt, Kennedy Nzajuku, he lands a flying knee right up the middle. First of all, I'm going to just say this, and I'm partially saying this as a joke. They got to do something about these flying knees, man. God damn. They're the flying knee has been... left and right. Man, the flying knee has been... <laughs> taking out taking, legends. The flying knee has been sending motherfuckers to Yugi's grandfather all year. <laughs> motherfuckers have been getting sent to the <laughs> Chateau Brown, my guy. Bruh. Like, Bruh. for real, motherfuckers have been getting sent to the Shadow Round, dog. Bruh. Like... <laughs> All year, and this was they. I'm be honest with you, this wasn't any different than that. But I will say it was not as bad as the last. I would say two flying knee finishes that we saw. Yeah, it still sucked. It still yeah. sucked. 
but he didn't get laid stiff like it wasn't Frankie like Edgar a one hitter quitter. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a one hitter quitter. Which again, I think that's half the reason they even keep Kutalaba around. Cause Jesus, like this guy will eat anything. Yeah. Um, also, one thing I forgot to mention about him: former uh, European Combat Sambo champion back yeah. in 2012, yeah. gold medal. Don't play with this man. Um, yeah. Yo, man, it was it was tough because I actually do like Ian Kutalaba. I actually am a fan of his, but it it sucked overall, man, to see him take that loss. This is his third one in a row, and yeah, it's also his third one finish. this year. Yeah, uh, guillotine choke first round. Rear naked choke first round, TKO from a knee and punches in the second round. Like three and I mean, back to back. To even say knee and punches is a lot. He threw like two punches, and that referee got in there the same way the referee got in there for Fialio. Now that I'm like, thinking about it, I, I might want to look back. That might have been the same ref. Yeah, um, possibly. It quite possibly could have been the same ref. I mean, it was the it wasn't. 100% how you draw it up, but it damn near was 100% how you draw it up. Because when he landed the flying knee, he hit him on the jawline. Eon yeah. turned his head, obviously, to try to mitigate that damage so he wouldn't catch it directly on the chin. Right. He hit him perfectly on that bottom half of the jaw. And the brain for sure got rattled. Oh, yeah, man. Eon almost went down immediately. He definitely tried desperation to keep his feet under him. Yeah, yeah. but... Tried to go for that desperation takedown. Two, three punches. And then Kenny was like, oh, you think the takedown is your ally? But you yeah, merely adopted real. the takedown. Yeah. Yeah. You merely Sorry. adopted the fucking knee to the face. Shit. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy to just even see that take place like that. Just the flying knee. Oh, It's just something about flying knee, man. Personally, I, that's all I can say. I'll I, also I, say this, too. Can't offer up much else. They got elevated to the main event. That shit was entertaining as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got, they did. They got elevated to that main event after, uh, after we lost our main event with uh, Derek Lewis and Spivak. Which honestly, I was really looking forward to that fight. If I'm going to mm. be honest, mm. um, just because you know the position Derek Lewis is in, position Spivak's in, like you know, mm-hmm. well, I wouldn't say necessarily Spivak's in the same position, but he's you know he on fire. Yeah. You know, it was Spivak versus the the aging veteran. He's young, man. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know until I looked into this prior to this. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Before I before we even kind of talk about that, did you give the, your final thoughts on uh, Enzajuku and Kutalaba? Yeah, I, I felt myself about to run off. So. Yeah, no, no. I I, uh, I gave my thoughts. I, that shit was entertaining as hell, man. Yeah, man. It was crazy. It's crazy to know that uh, Sergey Spivak is only 27. Mm. That kind of, I won't say it like threw me off or anything like that, but it definitely was just like, oof, this gives me pause because Derek Lewis is is no spring chicken, respectfully. Um, You know, he's been in this game for a minute. Like I said, you know, he fought uh, big country. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a 10-year age difference between the two of them, you know, and then in addition to that, we got Derek Lewis coming off of, uh, coming off of two losses already. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, it was just tough because this was like, I wouldn't say the writing was on the wall because, again, you know, it's two losses after coming off uh, several KO, KO wins. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't look bad right now, but he's definitely in the twilight of his career. Regardless, yeah. uh, I believe that fight, if I'm not mistaken, they said it's going to get rescheduled. Yeah. Um. 
and I would, you know, obviously I would love to see see that. And I was curious, and I was I was actually a little disappointed in a little bit of the uh, not even disappointed, but I was almost expecting in the build up Derek to say something about fighting another Sergey because the last <laughs> guy he fought was Sergey Pavlovich. As long as he doesn't fight in Houston, I think he's got a chance. As long as he don't fight in Texas, period. Yeah. Because uh, that last one was in Dallas. The yeah. one before that was in Houston. Actually, his last three losses been in Texas. Yeah, I'm right. saying, bro. The real gone was Houston. Ty Tuivasa was Houston. And Sergey Pavlovich was in Dallas. Yeah. Got to get him out of Texas, man. Yeah. Get him out of there. He ain't won... The last time he won a fight in Texas was in 2020 against uh, a year Latifi. Mm. Won a decision. So just thought I'd put that out there. Um, but yeah, that overall was our uh, UFC card that was Lewis versus Spivak and turned into, in, I'm sorry, into Juhu uh, versus Kutalaba as our elevated main event. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought overall the card was good. I thought it delivered. Like I said, uh, I don't know if I said this off air, if I said it on air. It's kind of all bl- blending together if I'm being real. Um, I felt like the last few cards have like really been delivering. Yeah. Like, I really felt like the last few cards we've had have been like really, really delivering as far as as far as finishes, entertainment value, uh, things like that. Literally, our last two shows that we had, literally, like, back to back, the last two shows that UFC has given us, the main card was all finishes. Yeah, which is a rarity. Yeah, especially Uh, back to back. Yeah, it's like, usually it'll be like, all right, we'll see some finishes, and then it'll be like a bunch of decisions next card. But this time it was like back to back. And then this one was no slouch either, majority finishes. Exactly, so, exactly, exactly. Which means <laughs> no. without do, no, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, you never know. I'm believing we're going to finish the year strong. Uh, uh, next week, we get a bye week because of Thanksgiving. Okay. Holidays, nigga? <laughs> no, I'm, 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 my excitement is for when we come back. December 3rd is going to be wild because I'm a boxing tip. What do we have? Uh, is, that, is that Chisora versus uh, Fury on December 3rd? Yeah, we got Derek Chisora and Tyson Fury December 3rd. And is it uh, Teixeira Prohashka 2? Or am I tripping? No, December 3rd, we got Stephen Thompson versus Kevin Holland. Yeah. I think this is Kevin Holland's last fight on his contract, too, right? No, he back. He back. He re-signed. He re-signed? He re-signed for this fight. His last fight, the fight with uh, Hamza was the last fight on his contract. Right. Oh, shit. Brian Barberina versus Rafael Dos the, the, I'm trying to tell crazy. you. I'm trying to tell you. Your boy, Matt Snell, he back outside. Dog in him? He back Ooh. outside. Tweet Vasa versus Palvovich. Palvovich. Bro, we outside. Brunson versus Hermanson. Come on. Eric Anders, Eric Andre versus boy. Kyle Dawkins. Oh, your shit, boy. This, it's your boy. This is it's gonna, literally your boy. I know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's his nickname, y'all, if you didn't catch Fuck, it. I love that nickname, man. It's, uh, God damn it. That's actually a heater, low-key. That When's nickname has start? no business being that good. December 3rd. 9 p.m. Central yeah. Standard Time. This is a pay-per-view, I believe. It looks um, like it's a fight night. It looks like it's a fight night. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah it is a fight ESPN, night. ESPN Plus. Oh, that's interesting. They usually nice. don't have their fight nights run that At late. At 9, right? Yeah, uh, I'll watch it. Fuck it. 
Oh, the World Cup. World Cup. That gotcha. might be why. That well, I think that could around. be affecting it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's what we will be covering then. However, uh, we do have some boxing that I'll be covering next week. We had two boxing matches. Uh, we got Regis Prograce versus Regis Philbin. Funny as hell. Sorry. <laughs> versus Sorry. Uh, Jose Zapata. That was crazy. It's versus so Jose Zapata for uh, the vacant WBC title. What promotion and is that on, man? It has still yet to be announced who's getting the, where the fight will be shown. I know. I know. I know. But the fight is still taking place. So okay, uh, where it'll be, I'm not entirely sure. I can look that up. But our other fight that um, I'll be covering is the return of Dillian White fighting Jermaine Franklin. Um, that's going to be that a on? return to heavyweight. That one is going to be on the zone. They are fighting zone. in the OVO <sighs> arena in Wembley. Been trying to avoid adding another subscription, but we'll see if they could, if they could do like a, just buy one time and call it done. Cool. But if it's a subscription, I'm gonna be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, you know what? After looking into this, this is going to be a pay-per-view through Fight TV. Zabata versus Progress. Fight TV. Yeah, so we got number one, uh, Jose Zapata fighting number two, Regis Progress. Um, and this will be for the WBC Super Lightweight Championship. Side note, Manny Pacquiao versus DKU December 10th? The fuck? I thought Pacquiao was out. Is oh no, a, brother! No, a, he he doing he he doing a exhibition. DKU and all people was it was insane that that was the guy. I was just when I first saw that I was like, am I having a dream? Is this a fever dream I'm having right now? What are we talking what about? What is happening, bro? Hey, anyway, anyway, we got money. We got to get out of here, bro. We gonna <laughs> like, oh, get up out the thing. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Thank you for rocking with us. This has been another episode of the Now Mind You podcast. Uh, you can follow me at Matt Hambrick, that's M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C on all social media platforms. That's where you can find me. TJ, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Tuss4Skate. That's T-U-S-S number four underscore S-K-A-T-E, y'all. Um, you can follow us at Now Mind You Pod or at Now Mind You Podcast, wherever you prefer to get your social media. And you can follow us in this podcast that you're already listening to mm-hmm. on any podcasting platform that you prefer. If you're listening mm-hmm. to us on Apple Podcasts, we on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You listen to us on Spotify, you know, we on, uh, what's the other one? Not Canva. I almost called the thing Canva. SoundCloud. We on SoundCloud. Uh, 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 Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. Amazon, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, we're on it all. If they got podcasting, we there. Yep. We're, we're there. there. Uh, Thank you guys again. Thanks for rocking with us. We will see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace. Happy Thanksgiving and happy uh, National Indigenous Indigenous Peoples Peoples Heritage Day. Day. Indigenous Peoples Heritage Day. That's what we call it. Okay, good. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. I'm going to get the... I'm going to shout out Google. Nigga, if you Mm -hmm. could just let me get the goddamn Native American Heritage Day. Happy Native American Heritage Day, y'all. That's right. Native American Heritage Day. Shout out to them. Uh, All right, y'all. Peace out. Thank you guys so much for your time.